Happier Universe. I'm Julia Rogers. And I'm Margot Brookfield. Welcome to Gap Year Radio, the show that brings you information and inspiration to plan a life-changing Gap Year adventure. So we're going to round out season four of Gap Year Radio today, and you're going to hear from us. (laughs) We want to discuss why so many of our current high school seniors are facing the choice about whether to go to college or do some other type of post-secondary education versus taking a gap year. And later on, you're going to hear from Drew Beasley, who's a gap year alum who spent his first semester in college and decided it wasn't the proper path for him and then took a gap semester in Indonesia and Fiji to regroup and redefine his college and educational journey. He discusses with us some of his major takeaways from his gap time, how his gap time can be more than just a period between high school and college, and how these experiences led to his current involvement in working to promote the gap year movement. I'm really excited to get into this today, Julia, because as we have been discussing every every time we chat, it's so relevant right now as to what we are all experiencing and what I know so many students are considering now that might not have ever before. And so it's an exciting time for the gap year movement, but an interesting time as well. Definitely. So you're, we're going to be talking about what we're seeing on the ground with gap year programs, what the options are going to be available to students this year, how to plan and think about a gap year in the time of coronavirus. And then we're also going to hear from a student voice, which is Drew. So stay tuned and Margo, let's get started. excited to catch up with you today because I know that you have been seemingly inundated with news sources and media reaching out um, for you both as a counselor as well as the president of the board of the Gap Year Association. And what is it that people are asking? What is the, the hubbub right now around Gap Year's? Yeah, it's been really surprising, but also really heartening that the Gap Year is getting a little bit of light shown on it in this moment of crisis and how I think that in a lot of ways, the gap year can be this pathway that for students who maybe didn't discover it before could be really exciting and meaningful for them this year when everything seems so uncertain. So just to give you a little bit of an idea of where we're at in the interest in gap years compared to normal years, you know, this is usually May is typically a very busy time in the gap year world. Students have usually just decided on which college they're going to and then are turning their attention to gap year planning and asking for deferrals and finalizing their plans and everything. And this year, everything is um, exploded. The interest has just gone off the hook because a lot of colleges can't say with certainty whether or not they're going to be in person on campus in the fall, whether they're going to be virtual, whether they're going to even postpone their their start date to a spring semester. So there's a lot of uncertainty in the world of colleges right now. And so a lot of people are saying, well, what is a gap year? And actually, I read in the Wall Street Journal that there's been a 60% increases in the search terms for gap year on Google since the first week of March. And the question, what is a gap year, shot up 180% in the last week of April. And you know, the Gap Year Association itself, the web traffic is 130% above normal last week. So pretty, wow, pretty astounding metrics there. Yeah, that is incredible. And so I mean, as I know, I chatted about last episode with Gary as well, just kind of talking about what's happening in terms of higher education for this coming year. Julia, I'm curious if you have heard many updates from higher education professionals or various colleges and universities, like where do you think things are going for this fall? Yeah, I think that one certainty is that there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, I think that, you know, everybody, including people in the gap year world, are becoming cautiously optimistic about what the future holds. I think that as 
as we see people emerging from being socially isolated and kind of taking steps back out into the sunlight, um, people start are starting to feel like, oh, maybe it is possible for, for things to return to quote unquote normal. But in reality, we really don't know how normal our country is going to be, our regions are going to be um, into the future. And so I think that for higher education professionals and colleges, they're really holding out as long as possible to make finalized decisions about announcements and things like that, which is causing students to really be, I think, a little bit anxious about what their potential college careers are going to look like. So um, I think that what I'm hearing from school counselors and independent educational consultants is a lot more interest in wanting to help their students explore the gap year option. So I've been I've been doing webinars and other types of informational sessions with with those folks to kind of get them up to speed on what's out there. That is awesome. And and you know I think as you said we can only project out so far what the things are going to look like even in the next couple of weeks. I find myself constantly being like, hmm, you know, June. I don't know what June's going to be like, or, you know, which is next month, which is just wild to me because it feels like April absolutely disappeared. I can't believe it's May still. And so, you know, I think that does make planning really hard for the future. And so because I know you've been giving so many of these webinars, what are some of the like tips, tools, or advice that you're giving to prospective students in terms of how to plan? Like, how can they make plans for the future? Sure. Well, I think that, you know, in in normal circumstances, you kind of think about your goals for your gap year, you match opportunities to those goals, and then you execute on that plan. It's usually like a relatively straightforward process. Um, (laughs) But this year, um, I am advising people, including my students, to think about their gap year in you know, plan A, plan B, and plan C, you know, format. So you kind of can, I think it all still starts with your goals. You know, everybody has goals that they can work on during their gap year, even if it's an unexpected gap year. And I think that really reframing a gap year as an opportunity rather than something that you're losing by not going straight to college is the best way to start this whole process. So thinking about it positively and as something that you may actually look back on as like, oh, that was actually the best thing that could have happened. Um, in this situation. So reframing, number one. Number two, still set those goals. So thinking about your personal, practical, and professional goals. And then thinking about what opportunities might be matched up with those goals um, in the ideal situation, a situation where maybe there's limited mobility, but you can still move around the country. And thinking about what it would look like to take a gap year if you were um, doing virtual opportunities or stuff in your own community. Well, I know that's something we kind of chatted about at one point, Julia, when this first began was, you know, why not plan your gap year? Because, you know, there's a potential, I guess, if school's online, you might be sitting at home. And if we can't, if there's nothing to do, you might be sitting at home as well. But, you know, obviously, and I know you and I, of course, being proponents of the gap year option in this case scenario, as as all case scenarios, hoping that there's at least something for students to do. And maybe it is on online internships or, you know, some sort of online course that they can take in some capacity. But, you know, as I know, we've been discussing and I think many gap year programs are considering is how to make either a domestic or potentially international travel options, but most likely domestic travel options feasible for students. Yeah. And I know that your company, ARC, has been creating some really cool new opportunities for students. And I think that that's one of the really awesome things is that gap year programs are smaller and more nimble and their risk assessment process is a little bit different than a college or university. So there is the thought that there could be some really cool gap year opportunities available to students that may be running even if a college is not running or is in a hybrid learning situation. So Margo, do you want to talk a little bit about what ARC's thought process is in creating new programs and what you guys are thinking about doing? Yeah, absolutely. And and I know that a number of programs are, are working to do the same and creating some sort of opportunity. You know, it's it, my heart goes out for 
these seniors that are worried about what they're going to be able to do next year and wanting to just be able to have something that they can do that's tangible and hands-on and, and can be an impactful experience for them still. So, you know, our thought process is, you know, of course, we're still... September's far away, you know, holding out some hope that maybe there might be some international locations that are feasible to travel to and responsible to travel to this fall. But, you know, understanding that that might not be the case, trying to develop a, an option for students to travel and learn about our own country here. And so, you know, I think for many of us, personally, growing up in Kansas, I did not get to leave the Midwest very much growing up. I went to California to visit my sister because she lived there. And otherwise, I had not seen much of our country at all until I moved out west for college. And so, Having that opportunity to explore some of these incredible places, natural landscapes, cultures, and opportunities that we have right here in our own country, and trying to develop some options that can still you know, have less of that risk than a college might where there's thousands of students, you know, gathering together hundreds in a big lecture hall, but instead having a group of, you know, 12 students and their two instructors and, and as many gap year programs are, we're smaller, as you said, um, more nimble in that way, but also it's less people coming together. And so if we're able to make sure that that group is healthy and those people can be together and having them reduce any sort of contact that they're having outside of their group as much as possible or from a safe distance, that that could be a really feasible option for students. Again, this could all change. It's changing weekly, it seems, and, and adapting. But, you know, my thought too in having a domestic option is that, this, you know, the group will be road tripping. They'll be closer to home. If things change, we can make changes much more easily than we might be able to abroad. Though still possible. Possible. Um, it's just going to be easier to change an itinerary and divert a, a road trip or, you know, worst case scenario, get students home if needed. You know, having them closer here and, and being able to dig into our own backyard and all that it has to offer has, for someone who loves international travel, this has suddenly become a really exciting option to me. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that there's been a, there's a misconception, I think, among a, the general public that gap years have to include international travel. And I, I've been trying to debunk that myth for, for many years, but I think that this is a perfect opportunity for people to rediscover our own country. And as we discovered when we interviewed our, our City Year alums, you know, you don't need to go very far to discover a different side of our country and to, you know, expand your sense of what our, you know, country's community looks like. And so I would definitely also encourage students to look at national service opportunities, uh, election-related and politics opportunities like we discussed in previous podcasts, uh, grassroots volunteering, local internships and volunteering. There is so much out there to discover in our own backyards. Um, and I would also call people's attention. I don't know, Margot, if you saw this day, but David Brooks uh, wrote an amazing op-ed in the New York Times about how we need to really reinvest in our national service infrastructure to give these young people paid opportunities and other pathways to spend time this year that are meaningful and help restart our economy so that young people can be a part of the solution to this coronavirus disaster. Absolutely. And I think more so than ever, yes, investing in your own community and something that, you know, might be more sustainable and more, you know, obviously the, the less we're traveling around the world, but the better for the environment, which I think is also a plus. But, you know, our country is in a really crucial time right now and taking the time to get involved in your community or volunteer locally or yes, get an internship if possible. I think there's also really cool, I'm, you know, again, projecting out what September might might be, but really cool service options that are more environmentally focused where it might be more feasible because you're out doing trail reparations or invasive species research or something here in our national parks, um, you know, or something more local where there's less risk of being in big groups of people and things like that, that might be a more feasible volunteer option that is super important work. And yeah, you know, city or AmeriCorps, if these, if schools are open and things are running in the 
the fall, you know, they're going to need volunteers for that. And what an impactful way to spend your gap year. And especially those two in particular is a really low cost option. Definitely. And there's even talk of, you know, in this expansion bill that's moving through Congress. So definitely, you know, email your representatives, people. But uh, they're talking about also creating contact tracers and other types of positions that are specific to helping communities through this crisis. So it's it's a really um, interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, really interesting. And, you know, one other thing I wanted to mention is that the Gap Year Association has just launched a student membership. So if you're in a position where you're considering gap time and want more information and want access to programs and resources, it's a $25 membership for a year. And it plugs you into uh, you get access to student forums run by Gap Year experts. You get, you're going to get discounts to different uh, programs and other types of uh, travel opportunities. And there's going to be other types of discounts and promotions coming down the pike for those student memberships. So you can find that at gapyearassociation.org. Yeah, what else is happening at the Gap Year Association, Julia? Obviously, I know you're you're heavily involved and it sounds like Ethan Knight, the, the founder and president, has been giving a lot of talks as well. Is, yeah, is there anything else kind of happening with the Gap Year Association that is changing with this current climate? Yeah, well, I think that what we're seeing is that a lot of these programs programs, like you mentioned, our, our member programs and our accredited programs are pivoting and adapting and getting really creative in how to serve young people. And also, you know, even programs that are sticking with international opportunities or they're based internationally and, and still wanting to welcome students are offering very flexible refund policies and or they're delaying their, um, you know, application deadlines and things like that to make it as easy as possible for students to create plans and stay flexible and, you know, do what they can and then the student membership is is brand new and there's another level of student membership called the student of humanity award and that's going to include online curriculum that will allow you to get a certificate that you can then put on your linkedin or your resume and will showcase some of the soft skills and other types of you know other types of skills that you learn on your gap year that are going to make you a more competitive job applicant wow that is awesome and i that kind of reminded me i was also going to mention i think i've heard that some programs that maybe have more international offerings might be doing some sort of virtual sort of program opportunity or support virtually for students to maybe volunteer in their own communities or something along those lines. And I think that's a really interesting direction that some programs might take as well if, you know, especially for summer programs that don't, you know, might not be as feasible to do anything as, as a summer program this year. So that's an interesting option I've heard as well. Yeah, well, think about it this way. If one of your gap year goals is to get proficient in a foreign language, let's say Spanish, there's ways that you can do that in just about any COVID scenario if you just stay flexible to the opportunities available. So if you're, if say we're in a social distancing scenario or a quarantine scenario, you can actually do these virtual language exchanges where you can talk and get matched with a student who's based in Buenos Aires and get to do intercombrio with someone on Zoom. So cool. um, get to share share meals and things like that. So there's actually these virtual exchanges that are coming online now. If you're in your community or in your region, their Spanish is very widely spoken here. So you might seek out. Uh, community centers where the, there's a lot of Spang Spanish language learners or, or speakers rather and volunteer there or and then if we're in a situation where you can go international obviously Latin America or Spain you know you can do a program internationally as well so I think that's a great example of how to take a goal and to do that thought experiment about how that goal could look like realized in different situations. And if you think if, if you think expansively about it, um, it can be really useful. That is a very good point. I've actually heard of some really interesting other online opportunities that seem to be coming about and that could be an option if, if everybody is still stuck at home in the fall to really make meaning of that time. I know that students who might be interested in learning an instrument or doing a, a yoga teacher training or retreat or something 
something during their gap time. I know that my mom is currently doing, I think, a 30-day kind of virtual yoga retreat. <laughs> you know, cool. I have a friend actually who's a phenomenal ukulele player, and she is giving virtual lessons. So things like that that could be an opportunity. I know I also signed up for this. It's almost like a, a virtual 30-day kind of spiritual enlightenment seminar thing that's being hosted on Zoom. So some of these options that I think could be really impactful for everybody to take time to focus on themselves if we are kind of in a more of a holding pattern still in the fall to make meaning of that time or things that students can be doing now. You know, if your senior year is kind of over and you're stuck at home or stuck home through the summer, having opportunities to really make meaning of that time and do something beneficial for yourself or get a certification or something that can go on your resume. Those are really beneficial things that I think can set these... You young people up for success as they move forward in their college and career pursuits. Definitely. And I think that also when thinking about the gap year or thinking about the year in general, to your point about maybe we're still in a holy pattern this fall, it could also flip completely in the other direction. We may see a complete opening over the summer and fall and then a clamp down again sometime in the fall or winter or sometime in the future if there's like a second wave or, you know, there's so much that we don't know yet about how this is all going to play out. It could benefit you. I, I would, I guess my advice would be if it's safe and responsible to move and, and you're allowed to and your government says you can, you know, take advantage of that period of time when you can move because if it if it if we have to go into self-quarantine again then you'll at least have had like a, an adventure and then you can come back and so there might be like an opening and closing that happens this year too where you have to take advantage of things when they when you can and i think the main um and gary and i talked about this on the last episode and i thought it was so important you know he was like the main kind of takeaway that i think people are going to have from this time i mean all of us adults and young people alike is just this increased flexibility and maybe managing of expectations that i think is a good thing to have to know that things can change at any time and we're going to take advantage of what we can and cherish the moments that we do have and be willing to jump into something that we may we maybe weren't anticipating during this time but that could end up being really beneficial for us and you just going with the flow wherever we can and I think that's an important takeaway that we're all going to have from this very unique period in our lives. Yeah well I, and so the day that we're recording this is the 75th anniversary of World War II ending in Europe. And I, I thought about that this morning and thinking that like World War II was one of the last times that the whole country and world was as affected by one thing as this time. And that's a long time to go as, as a society without being asked to sacrifice or, or like not feel entitled to the life that you're given. So I think that a lot of generate like multiple generations of people have not been asked to truly sacrifice in the way that we are being asked to now, like to stay home so you can protect others, to change what your work plans are, your life plans, your travel plans, your college plans, all that stuff we are not entitled to. We have to think about ourselves as part of this greater organism of society. And I think that that's a very healthy exercise. And it's so interesting to think of it that way and feel like the world has never been through something like this before, but just have to remember that it just hasn't happened in our lifetimes. I don't know anything like this. None of us, you know, anyone, I guess, under maybe 75 or older, they, they would have remembered World War II. This feels like such unprecedented times, but, you know, we have had pandemics before. We've had world wars. We've had struggles. We've had the Great Depression and things. And, you know, I guess the cycle is just turning now where we are now experiencing something similar. And, and though I think this is different, obviously, it might be a different scale or different consequences that come from it, but it's something that will change us and our normal will be different after this, I anticipate. But, you know, hoping that we can get back to some semblance of normalcy 
soon and and so that students can have these experiences. I think it's so important and so formative, whatever they end up being able to do, hoping that students choose the gap year this year. I think if, if there's any year to do it, this is the time to kind of take the leap and and see where that year could take you and the different benefits it could have for you in your future. Definitely. And I would, I think that's the perfect segue to hear from our guest Drew today, who's a friend of the pod and had his own gap year adventures that have been incredibly informative for his life. And we're going to hear all about his journey. Yeah, and I think especially relevant to this is that Drew actually started college without a gap year and then started college with a gap time. And that difference that he experienced in those separate times starting college, and they were different schools, I think is really important to look at as students are considering whether or not to go to school this year. Of course, it's a different um, scenario that it might be online, but you know, very relevant. And he is certainly doing a lot now to promote the gap year movement, especially during this time of, of COVID. So let's segue on to Drew. Thank you so much, Julia. It's been great chatting with you. You too, Margo. Good afternoon, everyone. Joining us today on the pod is Drew Beasley, who is a Gap Year alumni who has been overall very involved just in the Gap Year industry in the past year or so, a passionate former Gapper who actually did a semester abroad after having started college and then went back to school and has a lot of really unique insights to share with us about that. So welcome to the pod today, Drew. Hello, Margot. Thank you so much for having me. I know it's been a long time coming since I've been trying to get on the show. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. So Drew had reached out, gosh, it must have been months ago now. It was a long time. I, I hate to say it might have even been a year that you've been interested in getting on the pod. And so yeah, Drew and I know each other through the company that I work for, our Gap, but have certainly continued to be in touch through a variety of different avenues, including Drew being very involved on the USA Gap Your Fair Circuit this year and such. So Drew, let's start a bit by chatting just through what brought you to taking gap time. I know that you started in college straight out of high school and then decided to veer from that path. So tell us a bit about that journey for you. Yeah, certainly. So I know for a lot of members who take gap time, it's really a question of figuring out what you want to do in college and beyond. For me, when I was in high school and looking at colleges, I never had the question of what I wanted to do. I was very involved in music in high school and I decided to pursue that going into college. And I never really took the time to question, is this what I wanna do? It just seemed like a very natural thing for me to transition into. And I graduated from high school and I began college at a music school and I realized that I hadn't taken enough time for myself to really consider what else I wanted to do in the world beyond this one path. So naturally, by the time that I got into college, I was sort of having a lot of questions in terms of what my future would look like, where I wanted to go after college, and I was very unsure. So I decided to leave my college after one semester there. I had been struggling with some mental health issues and I was disenfranchised by college. It was not exactly what I thought it would be. And so I decided rather than going back to college for a spring semester that I would decide to see what a gap year would do. And so then, yeah, how did you go about that process of figuring out what you wanted to do with that kind of second semester of your freshman year? So when I decided to take a gap year finally, I had about two or three weeks to decide what I was going to do before starting it. So I looked at all sorts of different GAP programs in, around the world, close to home and internationally, and I really got a good sense for what the GAP community had to offer. I looked at programs in Indonesia, in Australia, in Europe, in South America, 
virtually all over the world. Because I was so late into the game, I felt like I really had an opportunity to focus in on what I wanted to do. Eventually, I found ARC programs and they were heading to Indonesia and Fiji, which were two countries that I had always really wanted to travel to. I spent a lot of time trying to decide if I was going to go on that gap trip or another gap trip with a different company. And by the time that I made my decision and I met my group for Indonesia and Fiji, I found that I knew things about the schedule that other people didn't know because I had spent so much time cramming in research in the last minute. So in conclusion, figuring out what I was going to do for my gap time really allowed me to look at all possibilities and explore all doors and familiarize myself with the gap community as a whole. That's amazing. And I'm not surprised that you did your thorough research before the program, which is admirable. I think a lot of students kind of jump into things, maybe not fully knowing what they're getting in themselves into. So that's awesome that you took the time to do that despite your short time frame and choosing what you were going to do. But maybe tell us a little bit about that gap time and maybe how it impacted you or, or led you to that next step in going back to school and maybe, yeah, veering from the path you thought you were going to be on. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I was very steadfast in what I wanted to do in college and beyond. So it was a really big shock for me when I took this gap semester. And it was really hard for me to accept the fact that I was taking a gap time from college. I think a lot of us are very one track mind in that we have to finish high school with good grades, go to the best college that we can and stick on that path until we find a good job. I had been raised like that myself. And so deviating from that path was a very difficult mental obstacle for me to overcome. When I did get on my gap semester, I naturally had a lot of questions that I was searching myself for. And what I was really looking for is an opportunity to explore different cultures and see what the world was beyond the music world and the academic world that I had learned, studied about, and participated. I was looking for a life that was nothing that I had ever experienced. That's what was so great about my gap semester is that I was able to have these deep cultural connections with so many different people from around the world. That really became sort of what I was interested in traveling and my gap time is meeting people who could introduce me to new concepts and ideas and ways of living that I had never really experienced before. This to this day is what I seek when I travel. I'm really looking to get behind the curtain with cultures and see how other people lived. And it definitely helped me by the time that I returned from my gap semester in that I had a clearer sense of what I wanted to do going back into college. Awesome. So were you reapplying to schools during that time or how did you end up deciding what you wanted to study next and where you were going to go when you returned from your semester? So during the two or three weeks that I was looking for gap semesters to travel on, I was also having to apply to different schools. I wanted to get a fresh start from the original college that I had started at. And so I looked at different schools offering different programs across the country. I ended up at DePaul University in Chicago and my new programs were very much influenced by the experience that I had on my gap semester. I'm currently studying media and cultural studies with a minor in peace studies and it really lends itself well to continued travel and learning about other cultures. That's awesome and it sounds like your experiences abroad definitely helped shape that, huh? Certainly.
Yeah. Awesome. So I know that something too that I think makes you unique and and of course there's many students these days that have done this, but you had the opportunity to start college without gap time and again with gap time um, at two different places. And so I'm curious what your main takeaways have been in having those two different experiences and, and how that was for you at those two very different times. You know, when I was in high school, I briefly did consider taking a gap year. And then I pretty much just completely forgot about the notion. As I mentioned, I was very much on a one-track mind to go to music school and get a music degree. And as I mentioned, I was very unfocused and unsure of what to do by the time I got to college. I felt like I was just missing something that my peers had, and I didn't want to miss out on opportunities. By the time that I did get to college as a sophomore after my gap semester, I felt so much more prepared to interact and see things that I hadn't seen. I wasn't able to see the bigger picture. I didn't know what else was out there the first time I started college. And that's not the fault of myself and that's not the fault of my high school. The truth is public schools and high schools don't prepare you for the necessary tools to succeed in college. And this isn't necessarily academic or educational tools. A lot of what we need to develop and grow to succeed in college and beyond in life and fulfill what we need to do comes from within us. And when we are able to get that affirmation from getting good grades in school and going to the same routine every day, we need to actively work to seek out something that will change our lives and give us this new perspective. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, what were the main different perspectives or ideas that you had in, in starting college the second time? around. When I began my gap semester, I was looking to find answers to a lot of questions and uncertainties I had. And I wasn't finding those questions as quickly as I wanted to. I remember there was one day a couple weeks into my gap semester where I still didn't feel any more clear about what I wanted to do or who I wanted to be. And I was just so frustrated that I wasn't really able to participate as actively as I would have liked to. And something that I learned the more I went along is that these answers aren't going to come just because I hopped on an airplane and flew to a different country. They came from actively participating and engaging your mind every day. And a lot of what I learned about myself on my gap semester, I didn't realize how it applied to me until months and after my gap semester. Even today, I'm still learning about things and reflecting on things. And there are still things that are unclear to me in different lessons. I learned to be able to go with the flow and trust the process. And that's been a major helper for me in terms of college and making relationships in terms of people I meet and jobs. I've also been able to learn how to look at the world through a more globalized perspective. And this has been certainly very helpful for me in college as I focus on classes. Another thing that's been really helpful for me is being able to look at the world as very interconnected. I'm no longer in my bubble. I've learned to really appreciate all of the differences that we have as a community, not only at my college, but in the world as I travel beyond. Yeah, I think that's something that's so important. And especially, you know, what we talk about in terms of this re-entry period for students is that it might be months or even, you know, it's, I guess, I guess you're about a year out now from your gap semester. Is that right? Yeah, that's about right. I returned back in May of 2019. Yeah. And so, you know, you're still in that first phase of it, really, of processing all that you experienced during that time and the many ways in which it has shaped you and will shape your path moving forward. And that can take, you know, it could still be a couple years before you or longer before, as you continue to realize all the ways in which it has shaped you and, and impacted this path that you're currently on. So that's awesome. And I, you know, what are some tips I guess you have in terms of students, especially those who maybe just got their gap year cut short, unfortunately, due to the current coronavirus outbreak? Um, you know, what are some ideas that you have of ways that they could continue that adventure or, you know, have 
more of their gap time than just during this year? Certainly for me, coming back from my gap time was a really big challenge. I came back right as a lot of my friends were returning from their first year of college. And having come back from such a different experience, I couldn't really relate with a lot of them. It was hard enough for me to return from my gap experience, even though I got the entire thing. So I can't imagine how much more difficult it would be having my gap year cut short. One of the things that I really found comfort in was becoming really involved in my college right off the bat. I met with counselors. I went to my college to visit multiple times and I reached out on Facebook to meet other transfer students coming to my college. And I just really put myself in the mindset of somebody returning to college. Another resource that's not to be discounted is your family that you've made along your gap semester. Everybody who returns from their gap semester is going through exactly what you're going through and they're also feeling the same emotions. Make sure to use them as a resource and know that whatever you're feeling, other people on your trip are most likely feeling too. Um, and I know that this past year as well, in addition to, you know, kind of settling into your new university, you have certainly been getting yourself involved in all things gap year, you know, things, um, opportunities with the gap year association. I know you were trying to help out and volunteer at the USA gap year fairs. And so tell us a little bit about some of the projects that you're excited about that you've been getting involved with in terms of promoting the gap year movement. Yeah. So I've hopped in to help out in the gap year community in a number of areas. Um, as I mentioned, I had become very familiar with so many different companies throughout my research process that I firmly believe that there is really no wrong way to go with your uh, gap semester. Um, one of the best ways that I've found to really find opportunities is through a website called Go Overseas, which is a wonderful resource for gap time, study abroad, volunteer, intern, really any type of travel. And I've been doing a lot of work with that company. It's a really wonderful group of people. And through them, I've been able to help promote student travel and help give a lot of resources such as scholarships and applications out to gappers and study abroad students. Um, and part of the way that I've been doing that is I've been working with a friend of mine, an alumnus of Oyster Worldwide, um, Jonah Cedar, who I am working on currently to devise a sort of um, financial literacy course in order to help students pay for gap semesters and study abroad and sort of give them the skills to be able to handle finances to travel for the rest of their life. It's a really important skill to gain now and it's one that it's important. It's a really important skill to gain not just for studying abroad or traveling with a gap semester but really to have for the rest of your life as a traveler or otherwise. Additionally, I've been able to use my expertise and background in film in order to really capture what it's like to go on a gap semester or to travel abroad. I've also been able to use my background in film and media to participate in a lot of video conferences and film festivals that are related to travel. For instance, I participated in the IES um, Film Festival and I plan to follow that up at several international film festivals where I can interact on a global stage with other filmmakers and creators from around the world. I've also been able to use my own filmmaking skills to help tell my own stories of my gap, my travels abroad, and I hope to continue to be able to tell my travel stories in video in the future. What a wonderful way to kind of combine your your two passions, Drew. That's awesome. And would definitely be interested in seeing any any video and film that you come up with in terms of your your gap time and travels. That's awesome. Certainly. You can find all of my gap videos on my YouTube at Drew Beasley. 
Awesome. Perfect. Well, hopefully the listeners out there can take a look and I might have to do so myself. Um, Do you have any final thoughts, Drew, or insights or wisdom to share with our listeners out there? I really just want to hammer home how flexible gap time is. At the end of the day, it's no one's decision to take one but your own. And if you do decide to take a gap time, it's no one's decision but yours on what you want to do. I do appreciate the definition of a gap year as a transitional period between high school and college, but it's so much broader and richer than that. A gap year isn't just a time from point A to point B. It's a way to transform your life to live a more rich experience. You know, when I got back from my gap, I was struggling because I felt like a lot of people who weren't there, they couldn't really understand what I had been on. They just sort of asked me, oh, how was your trip? What was your favorite thing you did? And it was just so hard to boil three months of experiences into one favorite thing or the best part. It's an impossible task. You know, everybody kept telling me that this gap year sounded like the adventure of a lifetime. And I always sort of shook my head and said, no, 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 no. I, I always sort of, and I always told them, no, a gap year isn't the adventure of a lifetime. It's the way to start making your lifetime the adventure. Awesome, Drew. Well, it has been such a pleasure to have you on the pod today and have you share your many insights and experiences and, and how this opportunity has impacted you so much. It's it's really wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And so can you, I'm going to do our general sign off kind of, kind of telling people where they can find all of these wonderful things, but will you tell us again where everybody can find you and any sort of um, public postings or media that you have online? Where can people find you? Yeah, so you can find all of my video content from my gap semester and my own solo travels on YouTube at Drew Beasley. And you can also find me on Instagram at Drew underscore Bees. If you have any questions about planning a gap semester or planning your own solo adventures, I'm more than happy to help and advise. And if you have any questions about where to go and what to do, I'm also around to advise. Awesome, Drew. And so I also just wanted to say that you can find his, us here at Gap Year Radio on Instagram and Facebook at Gap Year Radio or online at gapyearradiopodcast.com. You can email us your Gap Year questions or comments at gapyearradio at gmail.com, which we are also happy to forward along to Drew if he's who you're looking for. And lastly, you can download our show wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that more people can discover Gap Year Radio. Drew, we have been trying to do a sign-off of every pod in a different language. So I don't know if you picked up anything along your travels somewhere, but is there a particular language that you'd like to say thank you and goodbye in? Have you done Bahasa Indonesia yet? I don't believe so. (laughs) No. All right. So to say goodbye, it's Salama Tingle. And to say thank you, it's Tarima Kasi. So we're going to say... Tarima Kasi Salama Tingle. Tarima Kasi Salama Tingle. Did I do it right? Close enough. Close <laughs> enough. I tried. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Drew. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Stay healthy. <laughs>